Hello, everyone. So this is going to kick off the first topic of the podcast. I'm going to be speaking first about deities. So the one thing I want to talk about first before I get into different religious deities or different um, other, like, you know, so this, today I'm going to talk about Greek mythology deities, Egyptian mythology deities, and actually Celtic mythology deities. There's so many deities and um, gods and goddesses from so many different religions and ways of life that I thought it would be good to just find a few different ones to talk about. So I won't be talking about, you know, um, Germanic mythology or Norse mythology or um, Roman mythology, which kind of overlaps very similar to Greek mythology. I'm not going to be talking about, you know, Chinese mythology or Japanese mythology. There's some, or Hindu mythology. There's so many different religions that be a really long and kind of dry topic to talk about just because a lot of them overlap in what they do is just depending on what their name is or their specific connotation towards that topic. So I'm first going to talk about something that's not very common belief or thought is the a way or a different way of looking at the one God. So a lot of people and religions believe in one true God. So I kind of like that idea. But in one teaching I know is that a God and goddess are this one being. So while we only see God, it's because you only see the light is shining through from one side. So you only see the silhouette. So the other half of him is actually a female entity. I know that's probably a, a hard concept to understand and I'm just throwing it out there. But let's think about this. In a lot of religions, they say that God that or that people and humans are created in God's image. So what does that mean? They are female and males. And I'm not going to get into all the new way, new um wave of different religion or sorry different sexes out there I'm going to just keep it to two for simplicity's sake so anyway they say that we are created out of God's image so how is it that there are a male and a female and a whole bunch of in between you know um, how is it that there are females or people who have more feminine aspects to them when we are created after a male being. So that is one of the ways that you can um, justify or realize that this could be a true possibility is because this God is male and female entity in combined. So they're not just God, it's God and goddess in one unity one form and so i'm going to talk a little bit now about the lord and lady so those are common names or common interpretations that a lot of people in wicca and witchcraft use to talk about deities 
is the Lord and Lady. So that's a very general term, and you can really put any aspects into those that you would really like. And so the Lord and Lady you can think of as two separate entities or two or one or two combined as one, just as I said with both male and female aspects, both representing the masculine and the feminine. So before I go into a little bit more about um, Greek mythology, which is going to be the first topic, I'm going to discuss a little bit on how to incorporate the deities into your life. So using the God and Goddess or the Lord and Lady, it's how do you cultivate a relationship with these two or one single deity? And for me, I was never very religious growing up. I actually grew up um, mostly as a secular Jew. So we'd celebrate the major holidays, but we'd also celebrate Christmas because that's how my dad grew up and my mother was raised secular Jewish so we weren't super religious and I never really prayed or talked to God or anything like that so going from a non-religion to a religion where they a lot of the books say you have to have a relationship you need to talk to pray to these deities use these deities for this it was very hard and difficult for me to be like I just want to honor the earth. I don't have a specific god or goddess that I want to talk to. So how is it that you can incorporate and build a relationship with deities? And so something I used to do that actually someone else recommended to me is just say, just talk to them like they're normal people. And that's really hard to do, you know, if you want to sit at your altar and talk, uh, talk to your candle or a a figurine that represents a certain deity you connect with. But what I found to do is right before I would go to sleep, I would be lying in bed and I would just, in my mind, or maybe whisper out loud, or even if you're home alone, you can say out loud, is I would just lie in bed and I'd say, thank you, God and goddess, for such and such and such. So I would just say, you know, a few things that I was thankful for and thank them for bringing those into my life. So it'd be, thank you for my cat. Thank you for the planet we live on. Thank you for um, the joy I had today. Thank you for my significant other. Just little examples of what you can do. And it just took, you know, it took anywhere from three minutes to five minutes, depending on how much that day I had to be thankful for. And even if I had a really bad day and I was so emotional and I just felt like everything went wrong, I went, thank you, God and goddess, for the good things in my life. And something that would be constant constantly there. Thank you for my loving family. Thank you again for my cat. Um, thank you for the learning opportunity I had from today. And thank you for making my life better tomorrow. Just small little things as a way to thank them and make sure that they know you appreciate them and all they bring into your life. And that's a great, simple way to really form a relationship with the God and goddess. And then after a little while, you can ask them for something without, you know, casting a circle or a spell or a huge prayer event on, you know, a full moon night and just this whole setup and a whole ordeal just to ask a God or goddess to assist you. It's just build a relationship with them so that they know who you are in a way that 
you know that they are here to assist you and help you in any way, shape, or form. So now I'm going to go in and talk a little bit about the Greek gods and goddesses. All right, so I actually am going to start off with talking about the main ones first, and then I'll be going back alphabetically in order for the most part. So I want to talk a little bit first about Zeus. So most people know who Zeus is, and he's the leader of the Olympic gods and the god of lightning, thunder, and the heavens. So he is one of the major gods, and he is a good god to call upon if you're nervous about flying. He's definitely a great god to call in or ask. Just as you're in the airport, just take a moment and just, or in your seat even, just think for a second, go, thank you, Zeus, for my safe flight that I'm about to depart on. And that's a really simple way to talk to him about that and just bring him in and really honor the god or ask the god to assist you in your life. And now I'm going to talk about Poseidon. So Poseidon is the god of the sea and earthquakes. So if you're going on a boat trip or if you're at the beach, it's a great way to honor Poseidon and just take a moment and say, thank you, Poseidon, for the ocean. And uh, I apologize for how much pollution we have brought to you. Just little things like that is a great way to just say a little something for Poseidon. And then I'm going to talk about Hades. I want to say Hades is probably one of the most famous gods, especially with um, movies and other religions who might incorporate Hades as Satan, which he's not. And I'm actually going to talk a little bit about some demonization of some of these gods and goddesses that we follow through other religions. So Hades is the god of the underworld, the god of the dead, sorry, and the king of the underworld. So I guess you could say god of the underworld. He just watches over the dead and makes sure that they go and get the punishment they deserve. So he does not kill people or cause any of the bad things that happen on this earth. He is just a justice bringer for those who have done wrong. Because as a lot of people believe in religions and we have free will. So it's kind of very hard to say he is an evil God because he made me do this, which is not true. He just brings the justice. All right. So next I'm going to talk about Achilles is one of the moon goddesses. So Greek mythology actually has quite a few gods and goddesses that represent the moon. So I want to, before you, before I go into any more about these is, how you interpret the moon as a male or female entity and the same with the sun is all up to you. So a lot of it or most generalizes people interpret it as the moon is female and the sun is male. But maybe you identify more with the sun as male and the moon, sorry, with the sun as female and the moon as male. And that is entirely up to you. So I'm going to mention a few gods and goddesses that are actually the goddess of the sun and the god of the moon. So that's one of the one those is Achilles is the goddess of the moon. And she is a great one if you have a full moon and you just want to honor the moon and the goddess and ask 
it to bring you fullness or help you with whatever spell you're casting. All right, so next I'm going to talk about Electrona, which is the early Greek goddess of the sun. So this is one of those times when she represents the sun as a female entity. So if you really identify more with the sun as a female entity, she's a really great one to talk to or bring in. And then I'm going to talk about Aphrodite. Aphrodite, actually, she's probably one of the most famous goddesses. She is the goddess of love and beauty. So she's a really great entity to talk about if you to talk to if you want to feel good about yourself or bring love into your life so you can cast a love spell and put you know a red or pink candle on your altar even a white one it doesn't really matter whatever you really interpret as love or represent or what you want to represent the goddess and just say Aphrodite I want to incorporate love into my life or Aphrodite I really want to feel beautiful about myself and complete your spell. Next is Apollo. So Apollo is the god of the sun, music, healing, and herding. So herding is not really a big thing, especially for those of us who live in the cities or urban areas. But he is a god of the sun and healing is a very important aspect. And also if you want to create music. So if you are an an artist or a musician and you're having some roadblocks you can always call upon Apollo to help you really flow and bring in those creative juices so then Artemis who I'm going to say Artemis and Athena the next ones I'm going to talk about are some of my favorite goddesses so Artemis because she's the goddess of the moon and she's like a major goddess of the moon hunting and nursing so she brings the duality of life because hunting obviously requires you know the killing of an animal for um and then the nursing is like the healing and nurturing aspect of life so there's she has that duality so if you really want to bring balance into your life i believe she's a really great goddess for that then there is athena so athena is the goddess of wisdom poetry art and the strategic side of war so if you're having uh, if you need really um, a strategist or someone to help you think very logically, Athena is a great goddess to call upon because she is the goddess of wisdom. And so that's a really great one to ask to assist you in helping you create and think things through. So next is Demeter. So Demeter is the goddess of the harvest. So if you really are wanting to build and cultivate a garden she's a really great goddess to call upon or ask to help you create a lush and ha lush garden to have a plentiful harvest for during that fall time especially great goddess to call upon during one of the sabbats which i'll have another episode on and talk about her more then about how she can really help you with the Sabbath that is associated with the harvest. This next, this next goddess is Elithia, or many different names. Um, also Lucia, Lucina, and is the goddess of childbirth. So if you are an expectant mother, and you have been having a difficult 
pregnancy, she is an excellent goddess to call in, especially when you're in labor, to just ask you to ask her to ease the pains of childbirth or bring a smooth transition from the birth of your child. Just anything to do with any difficulties you're having with the birth, she is an excellent goddess to ask upon. So now I have Helios or Sol, and he is the god of the sun. So he, again, with anything of those gods that you want to bring in or talk about the sun with, he is a great god to just have on the, you know, know about. And he is one of those main gods of the sun because he doesn't have any other thing he is the god of. He is just the god of the sun. So he's a really main one you could talk about. And then there is Hestia. So Hestia is the Greek goddess of home and fertility. So again, if you want to protect your home, you can ask her to honor it. And if you want to become pregnant, actually, you can ask for her blessing and to help with the fertility and bringing on of your child. So next is Morpheus. So he's the god of dream and sleeps and sleep. So if you're having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, you can ask him to help you with your sleep. And if you don't remember any of your dreams or if you're having dreamless nights or you haven't dreamed in years, he's a really good God to ask with those. And I believe just knowing his name, Morpheus, is he might be where they got the name for morphine from. It's just because morphine just makes you feel good and drowsy and don't you know, get addicted to morphine or anything. But just saying Morpheus is a great god if you're having difficulties with any form of sleep or even to bless your home with, um, you know, restfulness. And then there is Pan. So Pan is the god of woods, fields, flocks, also a satire. So he is something and someone a lot of people feel is a representation of the earth so he is a really great god to call upon or to talk to if you just want to honor him and the earth itself next i'm going to talk about some gods that would be great if you're trying to cast a circle and really want to pull in some oomph and really want a god to associate with each of the directions so they're wind gods and in another podcast i will talk about different ways and different reasons you should cast a circle. So first I'm going to ta start with Boreas. So Boreas is the north wind. So you can always call him in or ask him to be part of your circle and he is associated with the northern direction. Then there is, I'm trying to make sure I don't mispronounce it, Eurus. E-U-R-U-S. So he is the east wind and associated with the direction of the east. So he is a really great god to call upon in your circle. And then there is Notus, which, or Oster, and he is the south wind. So that is the direction he is associated with. And then there is hey, Zephyrus. So Zephyrus is the west wind and associated, of course, with the west. So you can just 
ask these gods to come into your circle with each direction you're calling upon. So you call upon the north and the god of Boreas and ask them to come in and bless your circle and continue around with different names of the gods. All right, so the last Greek gods and goddesses I'm going to mention are actually Gaia and Hecate. So Gaia is the goddess of the earth, also known as Mother Earth. So if you really want to honor the earth and not just call it by, you know, generic earth, you can call upon Gaia or talk to Gaia if you really feel a strong association with her in relationship to Earth or Mother Earth, Gaia is a wonderful goddess to talk to. And that Hecate is actually the goddess of magic, witchcraft, ghosts, and the undead. So she is an excellent goddess if you really just want to bring more power into your magic and your craft. And she is probably one of the goddesses that is most misunderstood understood and misinterpreted she's associated as a goddess of chaos and evil and that is something that comes from other religions trying to put a horrible spin on the goddess of magic and witchcraft because witchcraft has been you know demonized throughout history so if you really want to incorporate a goddess directly into your craft to deal with one-on-one -on -one. she is an excellent goddess to help you bring power and honor to your craft and without you know make sure you don't feel any ill will towards the specific goddess with any of the programming we've had from different religions or people's opinions about her so next, I'm going to talk about Egyptian gods and goddesses. And I know that these topics are kind of hard to listen to. It's just me listing off different gods and goddesses and way to talk about them. But I, uh, I just hang in there and I'm going to talk about a really nice thing at the ending that is going to be really hard for a lot of people to hear and just know that that issue that you have with hearing that is your own blockages and resistance to truth and it's something that you can accept or not but I'm just mentioning that so if you just want to sit through and listen to the rest of it know that that is on its way and I know I'm kind of playing it up and you're going to some of you are probably going to be disappointed at the end when you hear it and you're just going to be like, why did I wait for this? So I'm sorry if I built it up too much. So I'm going to talk about the Egyptian gods and goddesses. So I'm going to start with Isis, Osiris, and Horus. So Isis, especially recently, has been very negative connotation to it, especially with that whole movement with the militia terrorist group. But I just want to know that Isis is a wonderful loving goddess she is married to her brother osiris and so she is associated with life and rebirth um she a healer and a protector so she actually represents life and the wonder that is life and rebirth and all the good things that are associated with it so don't let any negative connotations surround your relationship with 
the goddess of Isis because she is a wonderful god to ask on with anything and she'll be very helpful and is a very powerful goddess. And next I'm going to discuss Osiris, her husband. So Osiris was the originally a vegetation god until he was killed by his brother and brought back to life by Isis. He became the ruler of the underworld and judge of the dead. So he is the Egyptian version of Hades. So if you relate more to the Egyptian gods and the Greek gods, he's a great one to talk to if you want to connect with someone who has passed on or make sure that they get receive fair judgment. And next is Horus. So Horus is their son and he is the god of the sky. So he is kind of like their Zeus. So if you're flying and you want someone else to honor besides Zeus, Horus is an excellent god to talk to. If you relate again more with the Egyptian gods than the Greek gods. So next I'm going to talk to you about one of my favorite goddesses and she is Bast or Bastet is how it's kind of spelled and she is originally a lioness deity and is now evolved into the goddess of pleasure and so she is really associated mostly with cats so if you really want to find like your familiar and you wish it were a cat you can always ask her to help initiate the relationship then there is Bess so he is a god of birth and or the guardian god of childbirth and he also is the guardian of people at night so he chases away demons and helps protect people from wild animal or dangerous animals so he's a really great god to call upon if you want to ask both a god and goddess to honor your childbirth or help protect you during the night while you're sleeping then there is Hathor, and she is kind of like Hera and Aphrodite combined into one goddess. So she is the goddess of women, love, beauty, music, and pleasure. So she's a great goddess to call upon just if you want to honor yourself as a woman or really know how to love yourself. Hathor is an excellent goddess to ask to help bring love into your life, self-love or just love yourself as a woman. Then there is Anubis. Anubis is probably one of the more popular gods of the Egyptian mythology. So he is the conductor of the deceased and he is the protector of the dead. So if you really want to call and ask Anubis to help protect those who have passed on from any misdeeds in their life, he's an excellent god to call upon, to ask. And he's very helpful and will pretty much almost always honor your request depend you know to some extent a moon god from this religion or this um section egyptian mythology is khonsu k-h-o-n-s-u and so he is you know one of the gods associated with the moon so he is also an excellent god to call upon and then there is ma'at and she is the goddess of truth and justice. So if you are for, let's say, 
in a court case and you really want the truth to come out and really want to have a good tr fair trial she is an excellent goddess to ask the truth to come out or to keep things true and just and she can also be used just if you want someone to tell you the truth in everyday life if you feel like someone is lying to you that is a great goddess to call upon and the last god i'm going to talk about in the egyptian mythology is ra and he is the sun god so when you think of the sun especially if you associate it with myth great uh egyptian mythology is ra is foremost in your mind he is one of the more powerful gods and within the Egyptian mythology, and he is just associated with the sun and supreme power. So the last section I'm actually going to talk about is going to be Celtic mythology. So I know that these are some really hard topics to get through, and maybe you don't even associate yourself or really feel connected to any god or goddess individually so something i want to mention is a lot of the celtic gods and goddesses are actually associated with um fertility so that's very interesting that i read is out of the other three mythologies is this had the most different types of gods and goddesses associated with fertility and of course they have other aspects from them as well, not just fertility. So I'm going to be beginning because I don't really know the Celtic gods as much. I have n not really any that I strongly associate with. So I'm just going to start alphabetically. So Alator is the god who's similar to Mars or the Roman god of war, but it is said that he his name is to mean he who nourishes people. So he might be associated with war, and he also might be associated with nourishing and health and life. So it just depends on that aspect as well. Next, the goddess, or sorry, the god I'm going to be talking about is Belinus. And so he was the god of healing, also linked with Apollo. Um, so if you need someone or a god to come in and you think, you know, you could help with healing, you could always call upon Belinus. I, yes, so call upon Belinus. And then there's Brigantia, oh, um, which also they believe is linked to the goddess Bridget. Bridget is probably one of the more famous of the Celtic goddesses. She's the goddess of fire, healing, fertility, poetry, cattle, and of smiths. So she is an excellent goddess if you want to do fire magic or healing. So you can always ask the, the goddess to help you burn away any sickness you're feeling or ask her with fertility problems. She's an excellent goddess. Choose that with. And if you also, this is interesting. Um, so Seridwen is a Celtic shape-shifting goddess of poetry and also keeps a cauldron of wisdom. So a cauldron is a 
pretty big thing in the witchcraft world. You use, a, you know, association with cauldron, cauldrons and the womb. So if you want to use or want to create a relationship with a goddess like that, third one might be a pretty good goddess. So I'm going to skip. Um, if you want to know more of the goddesses associated with fertility and different aspects, there is Crenuus, um, Epona. I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> Sorry. So there's Nahelenia, Namasake, Nerthus, um, Nuada, so many of the goddesses um, from the Celtic religion are associated with fertility. So Linus is the god who might be, is they're also a god of healing. And then there's Lu, which is the god of craftsmanship and the, and the solar deity. And the last god or goddess I'm going to be talking about is Saitada. Saitada was a Celtic goddess who is the goddess of grief. So if you have recently lost somebody or are hurting or grieving in any way, she's probably a great goddess to ask to come into your space and help you heal or deal with the grief um, not saying to move on from the grief, but just to help you maybe even just help you deal with the grief or whatever grief you're feeling. She's probably a great goddess to help you with that because grief is a very tricky and sensitive time of your life. So it actually took me less time to record all those gods and goddesses and that information. And I thought since this is such a hard topic to understand and connect with and even kind of boring to listen to, just me listing off different types of gods and goddesses and I'm sitting here doing it and I was, you know, a little bored because I don't have a personal connection with most of these gods and goddesses or these deities and even listing off all the celtic ones who i don't really have a relationship with at all most of them i had never even heard of before i did research for the podcast it's very difficult to really want to incorporate these deities into your life and really understand how they can help you in everyday aspects of your life. So the last thing I want to leave off with is that topic I mentioned not too long ago. And I'm just going to come straight out and say it. And some of you might find it very hard to believe or understand. So I'm actually going to remind you at the beginning session when I talked about the god and goddess as one being or as two separate deities, whichever you really want to truly believe and associate with. Just remember that we are shaped from 
their existence. So we are on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose has something to do with us being created in the God and Goddess's vision and in their form. So we are created after them. So I'm just going to say that we are gods and goddesses. So we ourselves are pieces from the one true God, goddess, or whatever deities you believe in. We come from them. So we ourselves are part God and goddess. And I know this could be hard to understand or really believe, but it, if, you have to, if you think about it, just spend time and really think about it and meditate on it and ask, are we truly created after the gods and goddesses? And are we truly gods and goddesses ourselves? And you might find the surprising answer is yes. Because we are the creators of our own universe, of our own world. Which is why we can manifest and cause changes and ripple effects in our life. It's how our um, actions and words create and change things. And we have to know that, remember that all of us are connected because we all come from the same being or beings. So the person next to you, the person across the world, the, or you know, a person you've never met before is going to be brother and sister. They are kin to you because we are all connected and all from one source or um, whatever deities you believe in or religions. We all come from that. So we have to remember we are all connected. So it's important to remember that connection and our connection to the earth and that all our thoughts and negative connotations and all those negative things we have spread. We spread them. It's how, you know, um, you've probably heard of like a ripple effect or you do one thing and it causes someone else something. So like if you get yelled at at work, that emotion, that connection transfers onto you and then you yell at somebody else and then that person yells at somebody else. And that is what I mean is we have the connection and we have the power to stop that and control it. So it means, you know, getting yelled at work and not taking it personally or not passing on that emotion to other connections and changing our thought processes and connections, but you have to also remember we are human as well. We are in human solid forms for a purpose and to learn and to know our true path and what we are here brought to do here on this earth. So knowing that you can have moments of weakness, it is completely acceptable to have moments in time when you can let the human aspect take over, but to remember that you are also the creator of your world. So any misfortune that happens is you are part of that. You are the creator of that. So you can create a world or a life that you truly desire and truly want to be in. And there's any 
way you transform yourself helps transform the person next to you. So if you continue with the light and spreading the light and joy, it will transform those around you. That might mean changing who you associate with because they cannot handle the light and joy you bring. But it also means accepting others as who they are, accepting that this is their path, their journey, and they're on this earth to learn what they must learn, which is completely different from what you must learn. And sometimes it takes a lot longer for others to find the light and to find the path, but you have to remember we are all gods and goddesses within, and we create our own path. So that is it for the deity portion of this segment of the podcast. Uh, next, I believe I'm actually going to be talking about how to cast a circle, what a circle is, the importance of different of the circle, different types of circles, and all that fun stuff. And some we'll go into. I'll go into some different steps about different difficulty levels of circles, I want to say. I mean, you, you can cast a very easy circle that takes 30 seconds, and, and you can cast a very intricate circle if you really want to bring in the energy and hold the power during a spell, and even multiple people in a circle, casting a circle together. So if you want to form, do a ritual, or if you're going to practice with others, or even if you're going to lead a practice with others or, you know, people who are interested in this way of life, it is a great tool to know just to be able to assist them and teach them in different ways of how to cast a circle as well. So thank you all for listening. Please leave comments or questions below in the comment sections or feel free to email me but just know that most of what I said is an opinion some of it is well I took names of researching deities and um, from my own personal experiences so you can or cannot agree with me you don't have to but just remember that I can only share with you my own personal experiences. I can't share others' experiences with you because I have not had them and I don't want to cast that on to you because I might be doing injustice to the person who has relayed those for me. So if any of you have had personal relationships with gods and goddesses, please feel free to leave talk about that as well but just know that if you disagree with anything of what I have said that's fine you can disagree fully just do not pass that on to the other person we are humbled by our own opinions I need to know that that's what they are they are our own thoughts and desires and emotions and they're different from everybody else's Sure, some overlap and everyone has, people have similar opinions, but they're never going to be exactly, truly the same. So if I had said something that deeply 
you deeply and strongly disagree with, don't tell me I am wrong. But I will not admit that you are wrong. I will not say anything of the sort because that is what you believe and will be your truth. But just know that we are all different beings on this earth. And to say that someone is wrong for having a different thought than yours, well, we could go trace that back to, you know, the witch trials, where just because someone was different, they have been persecuted. I'm not relating any difference in opinion now to personal persecution. But just know that that is one of the ways it starts, is any of the horrid massacres that have happened throughout our world are because people were different, had different thoughts and different beliefs, and they claimed that those were the wrong thoughts. And so they ran after those who have different thoughts. And I'm sure plenty of you can have situations, even in your own lives, as a Wiccan or a witch, where you have met somebody who has been discomforted by the path you're on and even know some people in personal relationships who have been hurt because their significant other believes their religion is satanic or wrong. So it's just something that we should all keep in mind that people can come closer because of their differences from learning from each other and knowing that that is all they are. They're just differences in thought. But we are all still connected and come from beings and are brought here to follow light. And if we find the light through the craft, then why should we focus on those differences when we should find that similarity in our passions? So enough about that rant, just trying to, because I, <laughs> I agree, you know, you can mm, tell me you dislike my podcast or whatever, or leave comments about how, whatever, any personal opinion comments, but it's just, I don't really want to hear negative <laughs> thoughts, um, just for my own personal reasons, but so I'm enough on that tangent let's just keep everything here true and genuine because we're all here to learn and I myself even though I've been on this path for 10 years I can still learn I still read every day about the path I still learn from different people and different opinions and different ways to practice there's still so much you can learn a beginner could someone who's never heard of it before can have a more profound thought than someone who has been on the path for 50 years because maybe they see something differently because as time goes on this religion this way of life this path continues to grow and shape as we as humans grow and shape and evolve so i'll leave you off as that and blessed be